everybody to the take after the take. Today is Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. I am your co-host, Michael Franz. I've got my other guy on the other side here, Dewante Keller Woods. What up? And our lovely mediator, Amanda Keller Woods. How are you guys doing? We are doing great. We are doing magnificent, brother. How about yourself? Frozen on my side. Huh? You're frozen on my side. What would you say? <laughs> no, I said we're doing great. How about yourself? Hey, can't complain. You know, every day I can wake up, it's a lovely day. What can I say? Yeah, and besides you spending all day at the car dealership, you look refreshed and relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> they had bad refreshment section. Like I made, the- I made a, no, it's funny. I actually got into it with one of the managers. I'll tell you that story at a different time. But uh, yeah, I, uh, you know. Is a day at the car at the car dealership getting some maintenance done six hours seven hours worth of time so yeah, I'm glad to be on here rather than there. It looked like you got a facial too. Did you get a facial? No, nah, I'm just I, I I woke up like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's an opportunity. Okay, yeah this this chair is like okay this is cool. All right, we ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. Let's go. All right, first question is, will Aaron Rodgers win with the Packers or will he win it somewhere else, Duante? Because since you're a Packers fan, you can kick it off. So, man, this right here kind of, like, tugs at my heart a little bit, you know, because just like when Brett Favre left and then Don, Don, the magic man, left before him, now I am a true Packer fan, so I've been there. I've been around a long time. So... Man, just to even hear that Aaron Rodgers may leave and his time may be up in Green Bay, it kind of hurts. But I do like the Jordan Love pick. So the question was, will Aaron Rodgers win with the Packers or somewhere else? And this goes kind of into, into what we were talking about last episode, Michael, about the rebuilding phase, right? So the thing about it is Aaron Rodgers spent, I think, four to five years behind Brett Favre right? Four years. Okay. So he spent four years behind Brett Favre. This would be Jordan Love's, I think, what, third season? Third oh, yeah. season. Third season behind Aaron Rodgers, right? So if Aaron Rodgers say he want to play well until his 40s, that's another three years. He'll be 38 this year. So if he's saying that he wants to play well into his 40s, it's a, it's a fine line here. I believe they have the team. I have. I believe they have a team. The team to make it to the Super Bowl and win one. Um, they were only a few plays away from winning, beating Tampa Bay. Tom Brady threw three interceptions against this defense. They added good pieces to this defense. Now everybody keeps talking about, oh, he needs a receiver. He needs to go out and go get a good receiver. We have. Good receivers, kind of like what we were talking about last week. Up-and-coming receivers with the Arizona Cardinals. Same thing with the Green Bay Packers. I think the Green Bay Packers receiving core is a little bit better. Um, Maybe with the addition of A.J. AJ Green, Arizona may uh, edge them out just a little bit. But at the same time, Devontae Adams is, in my opinion, if not the best, the best receiver in the game. So then you got Lazard and you got – uh, Scantling right behind him. Then you got really good tight end. So I think, and they have, they brought back Aaron Jones as well. So 
I think this is a win now type situation. So if the question is, does Aaron Rodgers, will Aaron Rodgers win the Super Bowl here? I know we're going to talk about Tampa Bay uh, being back, adding pieces, having the same same team back. We also got to worry about New Orleans. Whether just even though you don't like Jameis Winston, I still believe you got to worry about New Orleans. You still got to worry about the Cardinals and you still got to worry about the Cowboys and possibly the Washington Redskins out of that, out of the NFC. But I'm thinking that, yes, in the next two years, yes, he can win a Super Bowl with the Packers. So the Washington football team. You caught me once, I caught you this time. So um, this is an interesting situation because the Packers are an interesting team in the NFL. They build their teams and the quarterback makes the players around them. So coming out of college, Devontae Adams, would he been Devontae Adams if he didn't have Aaron Rodgers thrown to him? Arguably not, unless he went to somewhere like New England with Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or, with one of those – yeah. Or, you know, or, or Drew Brees, one of those top tier quarterbacks with that, that that's used to develop or have success with a receiver, right? He could if Devontae Adams went over to Detroit, I would have loved to have him over there because he's a great route runner, but he would have probably had a horrible career, right? So Aaron Rodgers, the connection between him and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers helps develop the players around him. So does he need more around him? He could probably use one which I think we'll get into this in a little bit here in a second, but um, he need, he may need another one. Like we brought AJ green out here. Right. But I'm not afraid to let him help develop the team. I think a, he needs more protection. Yeah. He needs to work on the line for one. Right. Two, the defense needs to work. Mm-hmm. He needs to work on that. So um, they do it. They did, you know, free agency has been what free agency has been, you know, it's just a mix up of players, things, people try it out in different sections where they may have more success here and there than where they were beforehand. But I think that the the number one thing that we've never really talked about is how good the Packers defense is because it isn't right. 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 So they may have got three interceptions against Tom Brady late in the game. Right. It was that first half. It was it was crazy. Um, I mean, as far as like the defense holding up Tampa Bay throughout the whole game, defense Mm -hmm. holding up the first Mm -hmm. half, it allowed Tom Brady to be an animal on the field. And that's what normally happens. He ends up with good defenses. We've told that we've said that before, but could he win in green Bay? Absolutely. It's always for me. There's, there's certain teams that you're like, Nope, they're not going to win with this quarterback. I'll say it right now. And alluding into one of these other topics that may be coming up here, Matt Stafford will never win a super bowl. Oh, dang. Okay. He'll never win a super bowl, but does Aaron Rodgers have the chance to win one in Green Bay? I think it's his best bet to stay. I think it's his best bet for them to keep him, let alone him staying. I think he's cool with staying. That's where his, his career is built. But as Jordan Love, you have to understand, you've got this superstar, arguably one of the greatest that we've ever seen. You're going to sit behind him for a while. So either you choose to move on and they bring in a backup that's a veteran backup that can be moved on year after year, or they just start from the drawing board, move Jordan Love on, get another one that comes into the draft, right? As long as Aaron Rodgers is playing, he should be the one touching the ball. But I think Green Bay is the best place for him to be. Yeah. And and just to echo that, I, I think it's a fine line, like I said. Like, you have to be in a situation. Like, we know, we know Jordan Love is sitting there. Now, I, I don't want him sitting there. I think 
I think that that sports in general, especially NFL, have become such a big business type of business that they don't everybody wants the instant gratification like right now. If it was me, I'm telling Jordan Love, look, I'm we're going to develop you. We're going to let Aaron Rodgers play because this is the deal. This is the deal with Jordan Love. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. The reason why he's playing so long right now and he is upright is because Think about it. you've been playing football from high school to college. You may have gotten beat up a little bit in college. Now you get to the NFL, even though you haven't taken a lick yet, a real lick yet, like welcome to the NFL type of lick. Right. But you are reserving or preserving your body in this situation where where we know that the life expectancy in the NFL is only two to three years anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if I'm Jordan, Love, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm playing behind a future Hall of Famer, particularly one of the best men in the league. This is this is the great thing about it, though. If he decides to play for two more, three more years, right, Jordan Love, yeah, he'll be in the sixth year, but, man, he that's his, it'll be his first season, right? And he's more mature. He's seeing defenses. He, he already has the talent of, of Patrick Mahomes. Everybody talked about that, right? That's what everybody wants to see, which is the reason why they're pressuring to get him on the field. But I think what will happen with Green Bay in the rebuilding aspect of it is that they are going to work on that defense more, like you said. They are going to have an offensive line. So when Jordan Love becomes the quarterback, Green Bay is going to be even more difficult to deal with in the upcoming uh, future of the game. Yeah. Agreed. And two points to to make towards this. I think, A – the Green Bay Packers have gone about this correct, correctly, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Already once, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, learn from Brett Favre. Now, right. Aaron Rodgers is a monster. He was good coming out of college, right? But this allowed him to take it to the next level. So if you have trust in that system, cool. Be the right. backup, right? Be there just in case. Yeah. The other thing is, is it takes a big individual to say, I'm going to forego six years of stats, yeah. Yeah. And who, who's going to, who's going to fill those shoes that says I'm here for championships and the team, because I'm after six years of stats, I'm nowhere near going to ever touch Tom Brady, Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers records that are, that well, are being made. But, but he could, because remember, he's not playing. Let's he be might, real. He's he not might, doing 500 plus touchdowns or 70,000 yards in the next five years after his six, right? That's, that'd be astronomical numbers. Well, think about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is catching up with Drew Brees and Tom Brady, and he didn't play for four or five years. You get what I'm saying? So I think that – I think it depends – if he's the type of quarterback who they think they they are – just think about it like this. His body is preserved for six years. This guy could be in the NFL for 20 years. He could play. Broke up. Yeah, this guy could be in the NFL for the next 20 years. He can play another 10 to 15 years, and and he'll be 14. It'll be, what, 21 years that he'll be in the uh, NFL. He could get there depending on what happens with Matt LeFleur. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) All right, next question is, should James Harden be the MVP favorite right now? He broke up. You're frozen. Oh, this is yep. gonna be a lot of editing. Wait a minute. You're frozen too, bro. Yeah, 
Are you there? There you go. All right, say it again. All right. Should James Harden be the MVP? Should James Harden be the MVP favorite right now, Michael? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. You can't. You can't. You can't tell me that he he should be. I, I just there's no reason for a good enough reason to say he should be a front runner when you've got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on your team and Blake Griffin, by the way. Right. These are all former former stars that are still stars in the game. Kevin Durant superstar. Kyrie Irving still a star. Blake Griffin may have fallen off a little bit, but he's still Blake Griffin. Hey, this is horrible. Man, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> Can you connect to esports? Uh I don't know either. I don't know either. Hold on. Let me let me let me pause. Yeah, I might have to all right. Next question is should James Harden be the MVP favorite right now, Michael? Absolutely not. You can't you can't put him on a team with with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and say you deserve the MVP. I'm sorry. <laughs> the numbers are there, don't get me wrong, but if that's that MVP would be just as soft as Kevin Durant's championships. Ooh. Let's put it that way, at least from my opinion. Okay. Kevin so- Durant, you got two rings, buddy, but those are the softest. Like I'm cool that, that they they call him a cupcake in in OKC because they're they're soft. Like you can't you can't do that. So can you do that? Like let's say Jordan has Pippen and Rodman, whatever. It's it's normal to have two or three people, but when you have five former All Stars, All Stars slash former All Stars, all five of them, like that's absolutely ridiculous. Well, well, first of all. I agree with you with the no, he he should not be the favorite. Well, but I will say this in his defense right now, Kyrie is out because family issues and Kevin Durant hasn't been around, but I think one game since James has been there. So he is leading them and they have the best record in the Eastern Conference right now. So right now he is leading them. Kind of doing what he was doing for Houston, even though I don't feel like he should have won one of those MVPs. They gave him, you know, the MVP. But at the same time, I feel I feel the same way. Um, you cannot prepare. You cannot. This is not uh, uh, a um, NBA 2K game where we're going to get five players to team up against LeBron and take them out. Let's just call this what this really is, right? Everybody, look. They did. I know that James Harden and, and Blake and DeAndre Jordan all have a really good relationship. They, they're, they're close. And then James and Kevin were, were close and and Kevin and Kyrie were close, which is how everything came together. Okay. But let's just call it what it is. No, I, I'm going to say no as well. I don't feel like he, he like, yeah, you, you, you basically, like you just said, you have an all-star team and, and, and we can make the argument. Spencer Danway on another team could be Joe an Harris? all-star. Joe Harris. On another Joe Harris team. is a shoot. He, yo, lethal shooter. He's Joe Ingles of the East. So, you know, I no, I, I don't feel like he should uh, be the MVP. <laughs> okay, next question is: This is gonna be a bitch, Ted. 
All right, next question to Dewante. You can kick it off. Will Matt Stafford be an MVP candidate with LA? Ooh, even though I'm going first, I cannot wait to my man answer this question. But my, my look, this is my deal. Everybody is like, every, this is such a quarterback driven league that everybody forgets that there is a dude on that team by the name of Aaron Donald. And, and before you talking about anybody being the MVP of the LA Rams, it's definitely Aaron Donald. It, there, I've seen games where they have to put three, four dudes on this man. This man is a this man is like Hercules of the real world. You cannot, I mean, the stuff that he, the way he throws around grown men should be illegal. So, but no, hell no. <laughs> Matt Stafford is not gonna be an, an LA candidate. And since he came from Detroit. And my man loves everything Detroit. I'm going to just let him lean into this question right now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he doesn't have anybody. To me, flat out, it's going to be a no. He's not even going to be top five. Now, he finished, I think, top five one year, and that was the year that he threw over 5,000 yards. And he had who? <laughs> we had Calvin Johnson. Yes, he doesn't have a he doesn't have the caliber of, of receiver that he that he had with Calvin Johnson. We see what happens when you get two decent receivers, mm-hmm. not a superstar like Calvin, but two different two decent receivers. When you have uh, what well, they had Golden Tate and they had uh, what's his name that literally just left Marvin well, they Jones. Galladay, and yeah, they had Marvin Jones too, right? Mm-hmm. They had within the span of the time that Calvin Johnson is gone a combination of those three receivers. And they still couldn't get shit done. Pardon my French, but damn. <laughs> like, you have this guy that was up here for MVP. People were watching him, right? He's throwing these touchdowns. He's throwing the completed passes. He's got a great percentage. We're seeing a possible – we went to the wild card for the playoffs for the first time in, like, 20 years. And what was it, 2012? Something like that. It was crazy, right? That was the, year that, that was the same year that he threw for the 5,000 yards. Great season. But – he has never done anything like that since. Now I give the guy credit because he's very, very durable. Do I think he's a decent quarterback? Absolutely. But is he a, is he a elite? No. Right. And a lot of people may disagree with me because he's been numbers wise, decent over the past, his whole career, mm-hmm. but he can't get it done. He's the one for me. Like I've said before, if you don't have somebody like, which surprises me that Kenny Galladay, he couldn't, he couldn't succeed with him because right, Kenny right. Galladay was supposed to be the next Calvin Johnson in Detroit. Right, right. And the way Matt Stafford throws, oh, <laughs> it's this. I'm just going to throw it up and let you go get it, right? Yeah. He does that all the time. Yes. So I don't see that being – I just, I just don't see how you can even be considered for MVP in that situation. Now – Let's flip that same thing because I agree 100% with you. Aaron Donald is the center of that team, offense or defense. Now, out here in Arizona, we've got Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, which is going Mm -hmm. to make a mean, mean, mean defensive line. Yeah. If you give me two other defenders outside of those two that I would want on my defense and I could form a defense around them, it would be Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. Oh, yeah. Both of those guys are good. So when you're that important, you're just letting the you're just giving the offense opportunity to be on the field more often and be able to throw points up on the board. The defense is still going to cause that the other team not to score. 
Right. So if anybody needs to be considered for an MVP from the LA Rams, it would be 100% be Aaron Donald over everybody. That's right. All right. Matt Stafford. Next question. Will Matt Stafford be an MVP candidate with LA? No, you just said that. You got to cut that. I need a drink or something. my love. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Should Josh Gordon be allowed back in the NFL? Duante. <laughs> okay. So, man, I, I believe in chances. I'm one of those people. Not when it and comes- I believe we're going to agree on this, to be honest with you. I don't mean to cut you off, but I think we're going to agree on this. But go ahead. Um, I believe in chances, and but, but I will say this. I've never gotten back with an ex-girlfriend. So, ever. Um, I think once you're done, you're done. Um, in, in, the, in the case of Josh Gordon, man, look, I believe that everybody deserves a chance and everybody deserves to be able to. But, man, he is doing the rehab thing that rehabbers do all the time when they get clean. He's saying, man, look, I'm clean now, but you were clean for the times, brother. Like, I mean, I don't know how many times. You know, it's one shame on shame on you, twice shame on me, three times shame on me. That's what the NFL is doing right now. So look, I don't want to put anything on any man. The NFL is going to make their decision they want, but I'm going to say if I'm the commissioner, man, I'm like, look, how about you play in the NFL for one year without getting paid? And then we'll put you on contract next year. If it's not like that, no, I don't think he should be in the NFL. Oh, so we we disagree on that. <laughs> I think that he 100% deserves to play in the NFL. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to actually play because he's been on teams, Seattle Seahawks, right? Let's take Seattle for an example. Where was he? I know where you're going with this, but it wasn't the weed that got him in trouble. <laughs> It wasn't the weed. It was, it was the weed that got on the rap sheet. <laughs> it was the weed. But he did some other stuff, obviously. Well, but it was mainly centered around, like, if if whenever it came out publicly, it was he got caught for another negative uh, positive drug test, positive drug test, positive drug test, right? He admitted. He admitted. Like, it's funny. I watched this interview. Um, I forgot who it was with, but they were saying before every game, we would take a couple shots of Hennessy just so we could go out and, and play, right? We would have that in. Right. Josh Gordon said, I took the biggest bong rip I could ever take before I walked <laughs> out on the field. He admitted that, right? Now, let's take just that topic, period, because that's what started everything. Me, I'm I'm not against the weed. <laughs> DNA, I'm not against the weed. Me either. But not just that. Politically, states are are becoming more lenient on it. Yeah. Not only are we seeing more medical states, you know, pa- uh, states pass medical use, but we're also seeing states pass recreational use. Gone as far as to see Oregon decriminalize all drugs. Yeah, but right? there's, there's there's a rule with that though. There's a rule with that. There's a rule with. That. I'm not saying it's legal. Right. Criminalized. <laughs> you have everybody here like what? <laughs> right. No, 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 no. I'm not saying fly to Oregon and go smoke some crack. <laughs> right? I'm not saying that at all. Right. What I'm saying is, if you so happen to have it in your pocket, right, you get a small fine or some rehab opportunity, right? One or the other. 
but you're not going to get the book thrown at you. And the, my point is the prohibition portion is starting to lift. Yeah. In fact, it's lifting so much that it literally has to go through one portion of our government still to be federally legal. Right. Uh, I, I don't. I, and that and, and, and that's that's a different conversation. But I don't feel like federal like I don't believe that they're going to allow unless right now. The, Demo- the Democrats do it, like since they have most of the Senate anyways, unless it happens right now, then I, I don't see it happening. But if it happens right now, federally, they like it could happen if, mm-hmm. if, if Joe Biden and Kamala was like, OK, well, let's do it. I think it happens not maybe right now, but I think it happens within Joe Biden's term. It passed the House already. It needs to pass the Senate. And they were waiting for the Senate to go full ho- uh, full mm-hmm. Democrat. And it is right. So this is a perfect time for it to happen. I'm not like I said, not tomorrow, but don't be surprised if it happens within the next couple of years. And remember the MLB, the MLB did allow, they do allow it. So and know. so does the NBA. <laughs> and the NBA. So yeah. get it together, NFL. Get it together. This is this is my point. This is my point. Mm-hmm. Because if it's now through the eyes of the most highest justice system, no pun intended, right. that it could be, you know, changed. It, and that's the, that's the whole point. We have progressive moves. It's not right. necessarily that it is legal, but the fact that it's even there in this position says a lot. Right, so, right. So, I mean, at that point, we have to decide, like, the NFL has to decide, what are we going to do? Like, these, these guys have even said they would rather smoke something than take these pills. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. When Calvin Johnson had his broken finger, he would walk into the locker room and and while he played with his broken middle finger that was bent all the way to the side, they would hand him a handful of prescription pills. Oh yeah. He said they gave it to me by the handful. You're already destroying these people's lives. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But why hold marijuana to that standard when it actually could be helping them? Well, like So I-, I think that overall my point is this. I think that it was made too big of a situation to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Granted, he was dumb enough to say, well, well, I got caught. Oh, well, I got caught. Oh, well, I got caught. How many times do you have to say it before you actually do something different, right? Yes, yeah. So it was dumb on him. There's responsibility on both sides, but should he be able to play again? Absolutely. Well, if they change the rules, yeah, but this is why, this is the reason why I'm saying, I, I'm saying this, right? So we know the previous three, four to the five times, whatever, he's been kicked out. He's been high every time. Josh, let's play a game without being high and see how you feel <laughs> and then decide whether or not you want to get off the weed. But have you ever played a game while high? I have. I have. <laughs> I have. So maybe there's a reason. All right, so next question is, are the lack of blue bloods hurting college basketball, Michael? No, I don't think so. I think that this is overall outside of the fan, which I think is a big, big part of this. Mm-hmm. I think that overall the, the, the games, the tournament has been decent. I, I have no qualms against it, except for that there's no fans there. And I think that makes a lot of the camaraderie for what's right. So I had this, and we talked about this in one of the episodes beforehand, before it started. I was kind of 50-50 on it. 
I'm actually enjoying the tournament for the most part. Oh, so it's it's proving me it's proving me wrong. It's proving <laughs> me wrong. So I I was one of those that was hey I love the fans I love the noise I love that pressure being put on every single team I love these we're getting we're we're getting upsets in here yeah what can we ask for right we're getting the vast majority of it outside of let's say Gonzaga <laughs> Gonzaga's out here smoking people yeah. outside of, no pun intended the last topic again but either way like we're seeing where where the, the teams are evening out is becoming a more competitive situation. And when the, when some of these teams are, are playing, they're not getting blown out. We've seen a couple blowouts, but we've seen a couple closer games too. So is it enjoyable? Yeah. And it's without Duke. It's without Kentucky. It's without, uh, without Memphis. So, so it's without Duke. It's without North Carolina. It's without Kentucky. It's without Memphis. And I'm missing any of that. I'm good. I like. I'm the type that likes the competition. Bring in right. the individuals that can actually play. Yeah, and this goes back to what I was saying to you. Remember that the episode. <clears throat> You're frozen right now, too, though. Hold on. Okay. All right. Now here we go. So this goes back into the episode that I was talking to you about, right? About the NCAA that I think is a good thing that the Dukes and Kentuckys and things like that. But this also goes back to what I was saying. So the lack of blue bloods, in my opinion, you're now, you're now seeing what's happening in the tournament. One, not the same teams are winning every single time. Two, not the same, uh, five-star recruits, which is what Blue Bloods are, just so people know, right? So not those same five-star recruits. Now you're going to start seeing them go to the G League. You're going to start seeing them go overseas to play. So I feel like college basketball, this right here saved, in my opinion, I'm a college basketball fan. It saved college basketball. I think that with there not being Blue Bloods in the game, now you're going to start seeing – you're going to start seeing those teams that are one and done. You're going to start seeing those recruits. If they're not good enough to go to the G league or overseas. Yeah. They're still going to go to the to college ball, but this is going to be the problem, which is what we're seeing this year. You are seeing more people, more teams now that have been together for three, four years, two, three, four years are starting to beat these teams that are giving these players that are one, one and done. You're starting to see, more of that 2011 Dallas Maverick team in college basketball right now. And, th- and I love that. So I don't think it's killing the NCAA. I feel like it's going to make the NCAA better. There is one blue blood, one blue team. So there is one blue blue blood blue team that I actually am glad is still there, and that is uh, my Michigan Wolverines. Oh uh, no, Ann Arbor. Let's go. <laughs> well, bro, they haven't been blue bloods in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, we had a statement. I'm going by the, I'm going by the blue colors. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. I am the best defensive player ever. Was what Draymond Green said. Is he the best defensive player ever, Dante? Hell no. (laughs) And I love you, Draymond. (laughs) Man, is Draymond even the best 
defensive player right now in this era? Like, no. Okay, look, man. I love Draymond. If Draymond sees this, and he probably will one day, he's going to say, who the hell are these clowns? Anyways, I don't know what Michael's going to say, but I'm here to tell you, hell no. Hell no. I grew up in Jordan Rules area, era, right? So at the same time, the best defensive player that I saw initially was Dennis Rodman. You, okay. I wore number 10 because of Dennis Rodman. I started playing basketball because the only thing I knew how to do at that age was rebound and play defense. So Dennis Rodman was my guy when he went to San Antonio, when he went to the Bulls, even when he ended his career with the Lakers. Even when you dyed your hair blonde. Even when I dyed my hair blonde. <laughs> I and thought got a about, nose ring. I thought wait, about. Wait, wait, wait. Is it your hair blonde now or is this a tribute to Dennis Rodman? It is blonde. Uh. <laughs> so, so that was one of the best defensive players that I ever saw. But then you you got a number of defensive players that were really good, man. Look, Kevin Garnett was good. Um, I'm talking about uh, man. Look, Wilt Chamberlain. You got you got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like I can go further back, man. You got Kawhi. Like right now, Kawhi Leonard is probably the best defensive player in the game right now. Right? I don't know who I don't know who won it. Like oh, who won it last year? Um, the guys. No, I'm talking about defensive player. What, yeah, Giannis. Oh, Giannis. Well, okay. You you are the uh, first person since Michael Jordan to get both MVP and DOP. Yeah, you, you just made my point. I was thinking about the guy that's uh, the center for Utah Jazz, but because I, I Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Gobert, Gobert won like two two times in a row, right? Mm -hmm. So for him to say I'm the best defensive player ever, man, I just want to know was he hidden some of that weed <laughs> before he made probably. it? <laughs> probably, he's probably smoking that Michigan State green. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. My response is actually the same. No, he's not the best defensive player in the year or the best defensive player ever. All right. Now, he did win it one year, and I'll give him that, right? And his presence on the court means a lot, not just being able to rebound, but also just mentally. He psychologically, he messes with people on the court. Right. And right. that's huge, right? But outside of centers, because when you talk about like a lot of the list that you, you named were either power forwards or centers outside. I mean, even Dennis Rodman was a power forward, right? Mm -hmm. I'll give you two other names that in fact, one of them, I think you might appreciate that are smaller guys, not of, and Draymond's bigger than these guys. But when you talk about defensive presence on the court, Patrick Beverly plays yes. a psychological game, right? Yep. He plays yep. the psychological game yep. a lot. He's very good. But the one that really stands out to me, Tony Allen. Oh, Tony Allen was the man. Why was Tony Allen so good? What was his nickname? The uh, Kobe Stopper. Oh, the Kobe Stopper. Yeah, that's true. He was the Kobe Stopper, right? And if even Kobe, and Kobe, Kobe even acknowledged that too, by the way. So if you can stop Kobe, that's like stopping Michael Jordan. That's like stopping LeBron James, right? You're right. you're actually playing heads up defense. I don't think that for a second. Draymond Green holds a candle to Tony Allen. No, no. So just in that sense, outside of the centers, and you listed great centers that were defensively sound, especially when you're talking about rebounds. And then you've got Dennis Rodman, who's a rebounding machine, even though he wasn't Wilt, Kareem, Shaq, Garnett, or any of those guys, right? He was still a, a defensive presence on the court that everybody surrounded. 
Same thing with some of these other guys. And Draymond, you're good, but I'm sorry, you're not at the top of that list. Nope. All right, speaking of confidence, will Cam Newton ball out this season, Dante? <clears throat> um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to say I think he will. Uh, they did add one of my guys from San Francisco, Vern, who was actually on my fantasy football. Shout out to my man because you played very well for me this year and San Francisco last year. So I feel like with, with Julian Edelman coming back, uh, they just, like I said, they just added two, two solid. We don't know how good Hunter Henry is going to be because he was hurt, but John O. Smith, and he was on my fantasy football team as well. He is the man. Um, I think he's a good up and coming tight end. Um, I feel like in this system that they have with, Everybody except Patrick Chung, shout out to him, who just retired, um, coming back for the for the New England Patriots. I feel like Cam Newton, if he doesn't get COVID, he he had COVID last year and said he came back foggy. He, he said he probably shouldn't even came back as soon as he did. But I'm glad he did do that because Bill Belichick obviously wants to give him another full year. Bill Belichick has been a fan of him since he was with the Carolina Panthers. So I think they're going to release his true potential. He even said the other day that nobody works harder than Cam Newton. Nobody that he's ever seen works harder than Cam Newton. I think he's throwing a little shot at Tom Brady right there. But at the same time, we know that Cam Newton is a beast. I mean, seeing the man in public, 6'6", six, six, like 6'6 six, six and a half, muscles, like a dude that's huge. I mean, he's and, and, he, and I'm going to say this, one of the nicest dudes that I've encountered, uh, Cam Newton, got to meet him once. So my thing is this. I will say this. Yes, I believe that this season he will ball out in New England. So one of our only disagreements on this show, and I say not only no, I say hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I think Cam's done. I think his career has peaked. I think he's at the tail end of his career. And I think right now he could be grasping for straws. Like, I mean, I'm glad he's on a team. I'm glad he's a starter. He deserves it. He's got the he's he's got the 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 history to say I'm a starter. Former right? MVP. Former I will give you the former MVP. I will give you that. But what was a part of that team that went to the Super Bowl when he won the MVP? A good, system, a good system, a good system that he was in. He was playing. And it was a great defense, too. Yeah. So unless if, if New England's so if New England's defense can reach what it was, what, two years ago? They will. Right. I'm not even if a Patriot fan. If, if it can, then, yes, he's going to have a good chance to, for me, revive himself. Yeah. Right. But. 15 games last year. He played in 15, no, 14 games. He played in 14 games. He missed two games. And he threw eight touchdowns. Eight. He was also learning the system, though. Ah, either way, <clears throat> eight touchdowns compared to his INTs, he had 10. His average pass, and we've said this, I've said these are the stats that, that come out that show me there's another additive to this that tells me that he's not going to ball out. But right now it's like, okay, what do I have to go off of what you've already shown me in new England? Mm -hmm. Do 
do I give you the 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 chance and, and the the opportunity to say, well, yeah, he was learning a new system? I give that to you. But eight touchdowns, ten interceptions, with an average pass yardage of seven point two yards per pass, that is not MVP caliber, and that is not superstar count. Oh. Can't really know. But hold on, I will say this: Imagine if back when Tom Brady was throwing those dink and dunk passes to Julian Edelman and all those guys. Where were they catching those balls at? Oh, they were catching them between five and 10 yards. I get that. So they had better receivers. These receivers were young first year, a couple of them, right? This is Cam's first year in this system. The goats threw 12 interceptions this past year. Okay. So still. He also threw 40 touchdowns. Yeah. 40. I get it, but he what they did though was they implemented Tom Brady's system towards the end. But remember, they were seven and five. A lot of people were saying they might not even make it to the playoffs, but uh, apparently okay. they had a meeting and they came together. This is all I'm trying to say. Cam Newton hasn't Cam Newton, he's not Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. Let's just say that right now. Okay. We know that. When Peyton Manning left Indianapolis, he brought his system to the Broncos, okay? So we know that Tom Brady, at first, it was like a tug of war. Bruce Aarons and Byron Leftwich said, we're going to do this. We want to throw the ball down the field more. Tom Brady said, no, I got to do what I was best at. And, and there was a compromise there. They won the Super Bowl. This is what I'm saying. Cam Newton has never been in a position. He, he's had even though he had Ron Rivera as the head coach, he's had five different offensive coordinators over his time, not including Josh, which is a six. So my thing is this, right? I feel like one year in the system, I will say this is his telltale year. If he doesn't do well this year, he should probably retire. But I'm saying this, I believe that Cam Newton becomes the guy that was the MVP. I'm not going to say he's going to be, in comparison with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, I think he's going to be at the top tier as a top tier quarterback. And I'm looking for New England. And remember, I said this to go 10 and six or 11 and five and making some noise in the playoffs in the NFL this year. So to rebuttal that, I've got multiple points that you've just given me opportunity for. So thank you. I appreciate it because it's going to make the topic interesting, right? Mm -hmm. More interesting than what it's already been. So the second thing that I didn't get to yet that's going to really throw things off is his on-the-field attitude. His on-the-field attitude in history has been shit sometimes. His when he was good, though. I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't – I'm not saying it wasn't bad this year. I'm saying when – when it comes to it, and he and, and and the chips are against him, right? He tends he tends to work harder. I give him that. I'm not questioning his work ethic at all. Right. It's great, but his attitude has been piss poor multiple times. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because yes, Peyton Manning left over to Denver and took that system with him. I give you that, but let's take also into effect what happened when Peyton Manning left. They brought in Andrew Luck, and they still had double-digit team, double-digit wins. Right, Andrew Luck, up until him being hurt, you know, with his his what is it, his kidney or his, his his spleen or whatever it was, and he decided to retire because he wasn't getting the protection. 
he was considered as a superstar. Oh, yeah. He wasn't Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, or Peyton Manning. But that's a, a different category. But he was up at the top at the next tier. But he never won the MVP, though. Doesn't – who <laughs> was the number one wide receiver when Carol, in Carolina when he won the MVP? I have no idea, but I know he was. My point exactly. All right, so <laughs> as we move forward here – so as we move forward here, he won the MVP with this. He was able to scramble. He was able to get time for his receivers to get open. And, yes, he is a decent quarterback. He's very good when he wants to throw and throw deep. I give him that. But, like I said, his attitude may, may – uh, it may – how do I want to say this? It may dilute the whole situation depending on how it starts out. So first got to see how it starts out. Then the attitude can come in. We'll see how he connects with his receivers. This is still, for me, a big project to even say, ooh, I'm confident that it's going to go one way or another. I have to have faith in the sense that his work ethic can show more and he can be a mature quarterback back there and not only that, but become an actual pocket passer. Because the last point that I have with this, the last point is when it comes to Bill Belichick, it's Bill Belichick's way or it's the highway. Yeah, but Bill Belichick, Go back and check. Two days ago, loves Cam Newton, loves his work ethic. Say he works harder than any player that he's ever coached. And where did you read that at? On ESPN. So you know what ESPN does? No, I don't. They tell you news, but just like, and I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, but also go back to your other point, though. Go back to your other point, though. You are basing something that happened years ago. Cam Newton was a studious quarterback last season cam newton knows the era of his ways so same thing i just said after this year let's see what happens and then you can say well he's not a good enough quarterback oh his attitude is pissed for because from the looks of it he's done a complete 180 a complete 180 far as the attitude goes now we always know that he has to work at it and then this pocket passing mumbo jumbo look everybody's not going to be a pocket passer. Everybody thinks that Patrick Mahomes is a pocket passer. He's not. He can he can pass in the pocket, but he is a scrambling quarterback. Aaron Rodgers can pass in the pocket, but he is a scrambling quarterback. The only true pocket passing quarterback right now is the one who can't scramble, and his name is Tom the Goat Brady. That's it. I give you, I give you that, and this is this is why this topic just became interesting as as we're going through these points. The reason why I say he needs to become a pocket passer is because not just because it works for Bill Belichick and that's what Bill Belichick wants. And what I was going to say, as far as what he said, no. well, Josh, Josh McDaniel said that Bill and him want him to be cam when there's an opportunity to throw the ball. And no, 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 but they're tailoring. That's why, why do you think they went out and got two tight ends? My man, they're bringing it back to the whole bootleg short, has post flags watch you just watch he didn't this is what this is what bill wants bill doesn't want tom brady he wants cam newton it's totally different right now but is that is that because now like okay so just like you said i don't know if this was a shot at tom brady as far as work ethic goes but do you think maybe he wants to you know make it known he wants to try something different to get away from tom brady because of the fact that tom brady just won a super bowl without him well so I think I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you something else that you didn't know. They had to tailor the offense with Tom Brady because Josh McDaniels liked going down the field. He did it with Randy Moss. He did it 
right? He, Tom Brady, couldn't do that all the time. So they had to do a dink and dunk offense for Tom Brady. I'm going to tell you this right now. They have some burners this year on that offense. Look for more down the field passing. Look for more, more. I mean, he's thrown 62% like three or four times in his career. Finished at 62% three or four times in his passing career. I'm telling you, Cam, I think he's going to ball out this year. I don't, I don't know if he doesn't do it, then yeah, I agree with you. He needs to retire. All right. So, Y'all got final points on Cam Newton? We got to keep him. No, no, we can move forward. <laughs> I can say I have, to have a whole show about Cam Newton, which I would support. <laughs> we can go through his Instagram. We can look at photos. It would be great. All right. Will Trevor Lawrence be the best quarterback in this draft, or do you feel like Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance will be better, Michael? Um, I don't think he's going to be the best quarterback coming out of this draft. As much as I hate to say it, I, I love Justin Fields. But just the, the, cave, the only thing that I have against Justin Fields is where he's coming from. Like we've talked about in the past, there's certain colleges that I just don't like drafting quarterbacks from. Ohio State is one of them. But – I think Justin Fields is a monster. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, they're going to be great as well. I think Zach Wilson probably has the brightest future out of all of them. Mm. Trevor Lawrence, I think you also have to look at the surroundings that he's going to because if he doesn't get taken at number one, then, I mean, so be it. But, I mean, it's 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 expected that what Jackson is Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville's going to take him at number one. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere in Jacksonville right now, to be honest with you. So this kind of goes towards we could this this could also feed into the rebuilding phase that teams are going through. I don't think that they've given teams and uh, players enough time to develop with each other before quitting. Yeah. And I think that Jacksonville had a, a big thing going and they just decided, well, we're going to break it all down. Two years ago, they had a great team. Yeah. For the, for the AFC, what is it, the AFC South? Yeah. 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 They had a great team. So, like in defense, Calais Campbell, you had uh, uh, Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. They and who, who was it? We were just talking about a couple a couple episodes ago. Uh, uh, the cor- uh, the cornerback. I can't remember his. I yeah, I, I forgot too. But he was he was just picked up. But they they broke that whole team up. Is my 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 point? You're giving Trevor Lawrence no running back. Leonard Fournette's gone. Right. You're giving him no receivers. I mean, Marquise Lee is probably still there. But I mean, other than that, that's about it. So um, I would look forward for me. My eyes are on Justin Fields, but I am keeping, you know, Zach and, and Trey in the back of my mind. But Trevor, sorry for you, buddy. Um, this is the classic, and you just brought him up, Andrew Luck type situation to me. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck was a great Stanford quarterback. He played, he played very well in Stanford. He was even a good NFL quarterback. I'm going to say that he's going to be a good now, because the 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 two quarterbacks they pitted against each other that year was Robert Griffin the third, Andrew Luck, right? Now, so yeah. far, Andrew Luck has had the better career. Robert Griffin, you know, with injury and stuff, has become a glorified backup, which is okay. He's still in the league. He's doing this thing. But if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm telling them straight up. I'm telling them straight up. I'm saying, hey, look, I want to go to Carolina. Okay, I don't care about being the number one pick because let me tell you why this makes sense. Ryan Day 
runs the same thing as Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is a new head coach there. Justin Fields would be more comfortable in that situation if he went there. <clears throat> and I will agree with you. I feel like it's a race between Zach Wilson and Justin Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I don't know. We're seeing how Carson Wentz is, is struggling in the NFL, even though he's a 6'4", 6'5", quarterback. Trey is the same, right? He's, but they both are playing for those smaller-tier teams, right? So I'm, I'm, I think with, with Zach and Trey – it has to be a situation where they work out whatever team they end up going to. They have to be in the good system or eventually have a good coach. I would love to see Zach Wilson play for Green Bay. And I know we got Jordan Love, but I would love to see Zach Wilson go or Trey go to Green Bay because I feel like Matt LeFleur has a good, good, uh, good system to go to as well. So I'm going to – if I'm Trevor Lawrence, man, I'm like, I'm, I don't want to go to the armpit of Florida. That's what we Floridians call Jacksonville, right? So I just say, yo, I don't want to go there. Go ahead and pick him because, look, even though he's projected – now, this is what's real crazy. If Carolina – if I'm Carolina, I'm saying I'm going to go up instead of getting Deshaun Watson, who we will talk about here a little bit, but instead of getting him – I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to go ahead and trade up, trade Jacksonville for the number three pick. I'm going to pick up Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence, I don't feel like is going to fit in with, because it's different. I saw him run and stuff, and we know that in Urban Meyer's offense, he's going to have to be a mobile type quarterback. But I don't think it's a lot different. You, you're not playing against college football players now. Everybody on the defense now runs a 4-3 to 4-5-40 now. So I don't think that when he gets there, I think if he gets there, like you said, he's set up to fail. Unless you bring in a veteran quarterback and let Trevor Lawrence sit for two to three years and let him develop, and then when he's ready to step in, be a good situation. Um, But the question was, will Trevor Lawrence be the better quarterback? I'm agreeing agreeing with you, my man. I think Justin Fields is going to be – the better quarterback. Remember, just because he transferred to Ohio State doesn't mean he came from there. He was originally chosen by the Georgia Bulldogs, and we know Matthew Stafford was a good quarterback that came out of there. So I feel like I feel like Justin will be the better, and, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my wild card out there. I think Zach Wilson, like you said, will probably be better than all of them. So quick question, just basically uh, based on the, actually the previous topic. So there was one scenario that Todd McShay went through mm-hmm. um, on, was it NFL, it was like NFL live right after uh, the Super Bowl, right? There's a scenario that if Jacksonville does not take Trevor Lawrence at number one, he could fall to 15 to New England. I I believe that. Um, I, and the reason why is, is crazy that you just said that. I was going to bring it up, but I'm glad you did. Um, if they, he's a system quarterback. That's my point. I don't feel like, I think he's more so of a drop back quarterback than anything. And you're right. He could fit in better with the Patriots, right? Josh McDaniels could have him do what Tom Brady, he's athletic, more athletic than Tom Brady, but he, I feel like he has the arm strength. He, he has the, the IQ of the game. I feel like he would do well in that system. And I can see how Todd McShay said that. I can see how, if he does not go number one, 
Oh, yeah. What other team will pick him before the Patriots? For him, I hope that's the scenario that happens. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to go number one, but I think, especially with the way that I feel about Cam that we just talked about, I think that should he get drafted by New England, I think he has a shot to actually challenge Cam for starter. I, I Well, I will agree with you on that. Now, he could sure. possibly start. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting. What, in three, I think the draft is, what, three weeks? Mm-hmm. Three, mm-hmm. three, four weeks from now? Yeah. Yeah, and just to touch on that again, like, I feel like, I mean, that was a very good point you brought up. Um, it, if that happens, if he doesn't, if they keep their number, look, if I'm Jacksonville, and I mean, if I'm, this is how I'm feeling. Trevor Lawrence look like he comes from a good family, look like he doesn't need the money. If I'm that pick, I'm saying, look, man, it ain't about the money. I want to be able to learn and develop, go to a good team, go into a good system. That's what trips me out sometimes. I know sometimes you want to be number one. It's always good to say you're number one. But Kobe Bean Bryant was drafted number 13, and he was actually traded. And he, he's renowned, known as probably, I mean, everywhere, is one of the greatest basketball players ever. And he ended up getting paid towards the end of his career. You can still get paid. I I just think people need to go to the right system. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. I, it's going to be interesting, like I said, where where these players end up, especially because it's not just one or two quarterbacks. Like we've got four quarterbacks that are people that everybody's watching for. Right. Right. You know, so let's see where these other two go. And I'm like I said, I'm interested to see what Justin Fields does. All right. Speaking of Instagrams that we can take a whole episode to stare at. Um, Russell Wilson wants AB. <laughs> Should they get him, Duante? I'm gonna say yeah, man. If I'm if I'm Seattle, I'm gonna do anything I can to keep Russell happy. Um, he has what another three, four years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like who do you go get if you don't have Russell Wilson there, right? I, I mean, unless you go into a rebuilding phase. And I know Pete Carroll does not want to do that. Pete Carroll made it clear when he signed his extension that he wants to maintain a competitive team. So if I'm them, I know Josh Gordon could be coming back. Seattle is his preference. He did say that. Seattle is his preference because he lived with um, Russell Wilson for a little while. They became very close. Look at this lineup. Tyler Lockett, Josh Gordon, um, DK Metcalf, yeah. And Antonio Bryant. That should keep this man happy right there. Oh, and don't forget to drop a, a, a left tackle, please, for this man on his offensive line. I think, I think bringing in AB and, and having Josh Gordon, I think you give yourself, even though I see everybody's going to say, oh, it's, they're going to be trouble. AB is trouble. Josh Gordon is trouble, like you said, right? He, he deserves another chance. If Josh Gordon is the Josh Gordon of his rookie year, NFL, look out. Before he starts smoking, he probably was smoking, but before he really started smoking, if he is that guy, look out. He's probably going to be the best in the game because he was heading that way anyway. DK Metcalf, fastest receiver, one of the fastest receivers in the league, runs a 4-3. Tyler Lockett, we know what he can do, but if you bring Antonio Brown, I'm shocked that Tampa Bay is not bringing him back, actually which is crazy because Tom Brady loves this guy. But my thing is this, if he goes to Seattle, which if I'm Tony O'Brien, I, I will, Antonio Brown, sorry, I will, I would do that. Yeah. If, he, if he, if Seattle doesn't do that, 
man, I think you're just going to hear more, more situations of, of AB. I mean, of, I'm sorry, Russell Wilson wanting to leave, maybe be in Chicago like we discussed earlier. So my answer is, and in this case, I, I agree, hands down. Like, I'll keep it a short answer for this one because it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, you get A.B., get A.B. You have a chance to make Russell Wilson happy. You've got speed that, yes, with Lockett and D.K. Metcalf, DK Metcalf without even being, uh, you know, without even being a topic of Josh Gordon, you've got these two that can play the, the X, Y, throw this man at the slot if you want. He's yeah. got the speed to do it. He's great, you know, and – Less, he was productive in the biggest game of his career. Oh, absolutely. He was very productive. So I think as far as Tampa Bay goes, I think that they let him go. I think if he stays out there, they bring him back before the start of the season. Yeah. I think it's a, I think they, I think teams do this as a tactic to say, okay, go test the waters in the free agency. We're not going to give you this now, but the longer and longer we wait, you go from a, a, a sellers to a buyer's market. That's right. right. That's right. So in that case, like he's going to have to take what Tampa Bay offers him at that point, which they're dwindling down on cap money now that they brought everybody back from the defense. Right. So AB, we can't give you the money that you're asking for. We can give you some, but if you want more, go test free agency. I think if Seattle is willing to give him the money and he's willing to play, go right there. He could be just as productive in there as he was in Tampa Bay. I totally agree. All right, I'm just going to say a name, and then you just guys go for it. Whatever thought comes to mind, right? Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. Woo. Well, let me go first. I know Michael uh, has a lot to say on, on the next topic, on this topic. And uh, afterwards, uh, Michael, you can uh, go first. But let me just say this, okay? Um, Rusty Harden is probably one of the best defense criminal attorney let's let's just state the facts real quick he has not been criminally charged with anything right now i made this case as you know my uncle being a lawyer i made a 161 on my lsat i almost went to law school same situation right this is what i will say now it's up to 26 one of two things is this is my question right now how many massages do you get Doing doing the doing the doing football season, twenty six. Okay, so look, I'm gonna give the man that number doubled since the last conversation we had. Yeah, it, 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 it doubled. It's, so this is why I'm, I'm. This is what we in the lawyer term, and I know Rusty Harden is probably gonna say this. Now is looking like a um, a farce, right? It's looking it's looking like. What has happened now? Because this is a civil suit. I want everybody to just know out there. Look, I have a niece that I love very much. My daughter, my uh, beautiful wife, I love very much. My sister, my mom, a mama's boy. But at some point, we got to start saying, wait a minute. And my wife made a good point today. She can call 14 of her friends right now and they can start a rumor or gossip about something. Right now, I'm not saying that. These women aren't telling the truth. Right. But they already one woman is already facing criminal charges because she they found out that she was completely lying. What I think will happen in this situation, I think they're going to find out because a couple of things could happen. This is another key point that Rusty Harden brought up that nobody's talking about. He just recently got accused. 
he's been with his girlfriend every single day, which his girlfriend came out and said, I've been with him every single day. So now we're looking at out of the 26 or whatever, two women. So what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is this. Give Deshaun Watson the benefit of the doubt because we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. But at the same time, take these allegations very seriously. We don't want anything like this to ever happen to women. I love my wife. Like I said, I love my niece. I wouldn't want her to be in this situation. But what I'm saying is, is that, like my wife said, anybody can make up something, especially when money is involved. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. Now, as far as my position goes, I, I look at both sides. I don't have a bias either way, but I ask myself the questions of, all right, if I had a room full of 26 people that were telling a story, yes, every story could be different, but everybody's going to have some form of truth to it, right? So what I mean by that is the interpretation of the situation. Now, Deshaun Watson could sit here and literally say, no, I never did any of that because, you know, this woman either consented to it or it's a lie. Right. Let's take, let's take the, con, the consented portion of it. She consented. Let's say one of them consented to it. How they interpret that action that happens afterwards could be, well, I didn't like the way he did this. So I'm going to consider it sexual assault. Right. Mm -hmm. Every one of them could have some form of a truth. But in actuality, when we in the court of law, it could be a lie. Right. It's mm -hmm. like we can't necessarily mm -hmm. judge the person's interpretation of the situation. Right. <clears throat> so right. what I say with this is when you when you've got 26 people, it's looking like it's an uphill battle for Deshaun Watson. I pray for the guy and I hope that what he does from here, lies or no lies, whatever happens, if it's no lie, then or if, it's, if it's all truth that these girls are that, is, that they're saying, buddy, you need some help. But if they are lies, I hope what he takes away from this is, wait a minute. Like you said, how many massages do you need, right? Well, no, how I didn't say how many do you need. I'm saying how many, how many did you claim you got? Because, I mean, I don't think he has enough time for that many. Right, but not just that. But how many different women do you require to do this, right? Right. Most people that I know that go and get a massage, they get it from the same person. Yeah. Same person, right? So why do you have 26 masseuses saying this situation, right? Oh, this is why I'm going to I'm gonna bring up a, a movie. It's called Basic with uh, Samuel Jackson and John Travolta. There's yep. a line from that movie. It's one of my favorite uh, movies. And it says, if, you, if we tell the story the right way. Mm -hmm. Basically, there was a situation, for those who don't know that movie, go watch it. Basic is one of my favorite movies, where there was... What this group of uh, undercover individuals who were lying about uh, a person getting killed, right? To figure out who the main big boss was for the drug cartel, right? Basically, what happened was they all were telling the story the right way. Look, this person died, but we tell the story the right way. You can coerce somebody into telling the story the right way. So what mm -hmm. I'm saying is, is that I think right now, it's it's a lot of people. It, it at some point it got to get ridiculous, and, and and we will see. Rusty Harden is one of the best lawyers in the game, so I will see. I'm betting on that. I think I'm betting on. I'm thinking that I think is I think one female felt a certain kind of way about a situation. 
we've all been there where we've done something that because this, this is how I also feel about this situation. I've seen where women where a, a guy grabbed a girl's butt. Right. And she loved it. Then another guy grabbed it. And she she said he sexually assaulted me. He assaulted me. Right. This, this is my point to what I was saying. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is that it could be a situation where I don't believe I believe that uh, I believe this is just my opinion. And I'm going to probably get a little bit backlash on this. I believe that it's not as black and white as everybody's making it. I believe that when the truth comes out, I think Deshaun and, I, and if I'm wrong, I will say I'm wrong. But I feel like Deshaun Watson is going to be not guilty. Yeah. And just the last thing that I have on that is kind of like what I'm saying when you say that line from that movie, if we tell the story the right way, right? Mm -hmm. Some of those females could literally tell the story in one small detail and it could have went this way. Boom. Now you've got a way to tell the story a whole different way. And now we've got the telephone game where it goes from one to one to one to one. And by the time it gets to five different people, the whole story is different, right? right. We've got a similar situation in that. Yeah. The unfortunate side is for Deshaun Watson, truth or lie, regardless he this this is this is image hurting completely. Well, yeah, right? I mean it, it is it is, but let's not the public opinion. <clears throat> like everybody always, that's what I'm saying. In public opinion, everybody is is guilty until proven innocent instead of innocent until proven guilty. And I think right now, yeah, it's hurting his image a little bit. But this is what I'm saying: stay back, stay in the middle, because either side you're on, you're going to be looking a certain way if you don't just stay in the middle in this situation kind of what happened to the girl on the bachelor when they accused her of being an escort like now that's just tied to her name right. is she or is she not right we don't even know at this point right right you know, exactly. but it's tied to her name you google her name R rumors will rumors will destroy somebody's reputation yep. yep all right is it a good or bad thing for the western conference that lebron and ad are out Dante? michael michael go <laughs> for the western conference it's a great thing but <laughs> so yeah, we know I, I'm, I love, I love LeBron. I love AD. I love the, I love the, the, the game that they were playing. I mean, they were number one in defense efficiency this year. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then I turn around and I watch last night's game and they're down by 30 in the third quarter. To the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram and the Pelicans. <laughs> Brandon Ingram at the end of the third quarter had like 33 points. He yeah. balled out. I was like, yeah, next. Netflix, what are you doing? Yeah, that's exactly so, what I did too, bro. Cut the game. That's right. <laughs> so that's that's my thing. Is it good for the Western Conference? Absolutely. Specifically speaking, and this is going back to last last week or last episode's topic, when we were kind of talking about LeBron being injured, you said there were two teams. Now you've got to prove to me once you get to that point that you can handle the position to be their first or second. But as far as Phoenix goes, they have a great opportunity in front of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right they were number two for a while or they were yeah they were number two i forgot who number one was but they're number two for a while they're up there it's when the lakers were one they were number two so now that the lakers are kind of taking a step back mm -hmm. let some of these teams rise up a little bit and i mean i think it's going to be unfortunate for whoever plays them in the playoffs because like we talked about braun and ad even if ad does come back if he doesn't either way lebron coming back Rested, healthy is very dangerous in the playoffs. Yeah. So I think it's great for the regular season, but we'll see how long it lasts. 
Yeah, so the Jazz are number one. The Suns are still tiling in at number two spot. The Clippers are number three. And and, and our Lakers um, have slipped down to number four. So um, I think it's going to be a situation where, man, look, I think – Look, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you something. This this is, could be a great thing for the NBA. You wanna know why? Let's just say because LeBron is supposed to be out <clears throat> for four weeks, right? Four. They said three to four, but some people now saying four to six. Four to six. Now AD, you know, he's not necessarily. He's trying to get back. And everybody's saying, oh, he should get back. But like I said, he needs to take that calf strain injury very seriously. We saw what happened to Kevin Durant. Don't want to have. Same thing that happened there. Okay. Let me let me paint a picture for you though, Michael. Wouldn't it be so cool if the Lakers fell to the play-in situation? How good would that be for the ratings of the NBA? It would be interesting. I'll say that, that. That would be interesting. I think what is the last is seven through through eight? Uh for I mean seven through twelve or whatever, the last uh for the last two spots in the playoffs, those yeah. teams get to play for it. So yeah. just imagine the Lakers falling to that seventh, eighth spot because of injury, which could happen, okay, which could happen in the West. And then they're playing play-in games, right? Because that's, let's, just, let's just keep it real, real quick. I want to go through the list of names, the list of teams at the bottom of that list right now, okay, in the, in the uh, Western Conference right now. Okay, you ready for it? Right. We have the Spurs. We have the Mavericks, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, and the Thunder, right, if it goes to 12 teams. And I think it it was 7 through 12. Okay. Look, man, let's just keep it real. Even though, as a kid, my grandmother made me go to the Spurs game, and I've developed a little love for the Spurs, let's just keep it real. Besides John Morant and Steph Curry and those guys, right, and maybe the up-and-coming Pelicans and maybe Luka Doncic, right, the seven through twelve tournament game is not really making any noise. But if you were to put the LA Lakers in that, what I'm saying is I don't believe anybody except the fans of those teams will be watching that. But if the Lakers are in that play-in situation, now check this out. You get a situation where the Lakers are seventh or eighth. Now they're playing the Suns or the Jacks in the first in round in Phoenix or Utah. Which makes greater. I'm a little bit suspicious. I think Stephen A said this, right? LeBron James didn't want the season to start that quickly. Yeah. We know how strong LeBron James is. And we know that LeBron James is one of the, the biggest specimens on this planet Earth and one of the smartest. What if LeBron James said, I'm going to rest. And when me and AD come back in the next six weeks, the rest of the NBA is going to be <laughs> – what if they're resting on purpose? My thing is, what if they're resting on purpose? They're good enough – because they are good enough to make it into the playoffs. What if they're resting to set the rest of the league up? That's what I think is happening. Hey, I mean, we know LeBron plays chess. He does not play checkers. That's right. That's right, brother. <laughs> so that would be a perfect chess move. Checkmate, NBA. We're healthy. <laughs> We're coming back. We're starting at the bottom. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then it gives the world something else for LeBron James to talk about. Something else yep. for him to say the reason why he's the GOAT and why Michael he's Jordan <laughs> <of> the <NBA. laughs> right. I'm with you. 
with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question is, will Kyrie have a better career in Brooklyn being a part of the big three than his years with LeBron? Duante. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Uh, as Michael pointed out at the beginning of this show, He's on the he's on the All Star game. They're call, he's on the All Star team, and they're calling the Big Three. What happened to Blake Griffin? I mean, like Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin is a good player. I mean, don't don't look a healthy Blake Griffin. I just don't feel like he was in the right system in Detroit, which is the reason why they bought him out. But he will work out well in the Nets, um, in the Nets, in the Nets uh, uh, offense. I'm sorry with with. Uh, Steve Nash. Sorry, I, I was about to say Steve Kerr. <laughs> but he will work out well with Steve Nash in that offense. So, I mean, will he have a better career? I think his numbers will go up because he's now moved to the shooting guard position. But I just want to make a very good point here, Kyrie Irving, and I hope you are listening to me because I do love Kyrie Irving. He is showstopper. You could have did the same thing in Cleveland. You could have been the off guard in Cleveland. We know that LeBron is a better point guard. You could, I think the true conversation what happened in Cleveland is they spoke and he said, man, look, I, after next year, I'm going to LA. I'm going to LA, which is the reason why Kyrie said, you know what? I'm not going to wait on LeBron to do anything. I'm going to make my move now, which is the reason why he asked for a trade. But let me just paint a picture for you. He wanted, He said when he left Cleveland to go to Boston that I wanted to be the point guard. I wanted to be the have the now maybe he's matured a little bit, okay? But you could have done the same thing with LeBron and y'all could have been running the show, man. Y'all could have even probably gone to LA together. You could have been the off guard there. Now all of a sudden, humility sets in, and he goes and KD says, "Look, man, look, bro." James is a better point guard than you. I don't know how the conversation really went, but James finds people better than you because Kyrie is that showstopper. He likes to dribble the ball. It's like the little video I showed you where all five of them were dribbling the ball, right? He's the off guard. Do I think he's going to have a better career? Stat-wise, absolutely, but I don't think they're going to win championships, which is what he could have done with LeBron. If he doesn't win more than one with the Nets, he got to win one first, but if he doesn't win one, then no, he's not going to have a better career with the Nets. Stat-wise, yes, but I'm talking about rings, no. I think stat-wise, no, and I think overall, no. Ooh. And the reason why I say stat-wise is because you've got other people for the ball to go to. So mm-hmm. the ball, even as the off guard, the ball still can be shot from either – Blake Griffith can shoot threes. Shit. Joe Harris. Blake Griffin can shoot. Kevin Durant can shoot. James Harden can shoot. And James Harden and Kevin Durant, I mean, Kevin Durant's arguably one of the best shooters we've ever seen, right? Steph Curry. Well, Steph Curry is probably the greatest shooter we've ever seen, but Kevin Durant is right there. Uh, he is. He is. Right? Yep. So when you talk about that, he's the sidekick now of the sidekick rather than being just a sidekick to LeBron. Yeah. So his whole career takes a hit going to going to the Nets. And as far as mentioning humility, I think he's absolutely been humiliated and humbled because of the situation in Boston. Because don't forget, two years ago, he called up LeBron and apologized to him. 
Right, right. You said, LeBron, I didn't yeah. understand, and I apologize mm-hmm. for doing what for for what happened. Right. Yeah. So the maturity is there, the humility is there, the lesson was there, and now, okay, you made your bed, lie in it, and now you're the third superstar on the team. Yeah, that's true. You get not only a backseat, but bro, you're in the back of the back. If we're in a suburban. James Harden and Kevin Durant, arguably up one's up front, one's in the next row. Kyrie, you're in in the back by the by the back doors. And that's a that's a great point you just made. That is a great point. That that was awesome, actually. <laughs> All right, Michael. Should the Washington football team change their name? Is it lazy that they're just the Washington football team? Or do they need a name? No, I mean, what are we gonna call them? The Capitals? Because guess what? The NHL has the Capitals, right? Now you go over oh, the Nationals. Oh, that's your baseball team too. What other government type of name do we have for the? I have one. I have one. Let's hear it. The Washington Senators, who used to be the Texas Rangers, they can just buy the rights to the name. I don't think they even own the rights anymore, but they can call themselves the Washington. They could. They could. (laughs) They could. But for me, as the Washington Senators, like you said, this is the Texas Rangers. What about the Washington Bullets? Anonymously have them as a baseball name. What about the the Bullets? Bullets is the basketball team. No, they were. They're the Wizards right. now. But if they oh no, I know they, but they can't use Bullets because of the fact that it was changed if for they buy the name for violent. Yeah, but they can't. They they wouldn't be able to use it because it was removed for violent reasons. That's like, why the Washington right Bullets changed it to the Wizards is because right. murders were going up in the city. Right. And Washington D.C. was becoming dangerous. Right. So they didn't want to promote any of that. Right. So unless you call it, I don't know, the the Washington politicians, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I just I'm okay with keeping it as the Washington football team. I got it, I got used to it. Hey, you look, know? it's it's a cool name. But stop a- being lazy, man. Change the damn name. Like the Washington football team. <laughs> well, here's here's the argument for it as well. For me, is because as far as the logo went, if you look at the logo, it's almost like team colors were based on the actual logo. Yeah. Right? I agree with that. You had you had a you had a, a darker skinned individual on the helmet where the maroon almost matched the color of the skin. Yeah. Right? So do you have to change your colors then if you change the name? Well, it depends on where they go with it. It it depends on like they, I mean, there's a lot of names they can call it. I mean, to be honest, I mean, we can sit here and and talk about it like like all day. We can come up with some names, but I just think the Washington football team, like you owe the fans a name. You didn't want to change your name from the Redskins. And you, I mean, they can't call themselves the Reds because Cincinnati is the Reds. So, right. You know, and then they can't call themselves the Indians because Cleveland has the Indians, right? Um I mean, there are other you can they could have been called the Washington Arrows. You get what I'm saying? Like they if they're if there's if they're showing the the uh the bow and arrow and stuff like that, I think they could have gone with that name. But I just feel like change the damn name, the Washington football team. Like, and now introducing the Washington football team. Like, yeah. Get out of here with that. <laughs> I think the name stuck around for so long that that's why it's so difficult coming up with a new name. 
Yeah, that's true. My grandpa's like a hardcore, like hardcore, I guess, Redskins fans because now he's dead. I, Rest I, his soul. Yeah. I like he'd probably be losing his mind he'd right now. Like mind, every yeah. clothing, blanket, oh, coffee cup, hardcore. 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 Yeah. And we lived in Dallas, so he would always kind of kind of joke Call about it. But teasers, it would be yeah. great to know what yeah. he thinks about it. All right. Final takes from the both of you. Michael, kick it off. So we talked a lot of, about a lot of different topics that were in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that with, with what we have today, first off, if I'm going to go outside of sports, it's unfortunate that we've done two different episodes and we have to send heartfelt condolences to people again. Right. Right. The people in Colorado. Yeah. And I think that that's where I'm going to go with, with my overall final take. Mm-hmm. I'll take this one. You had the you had the one in Atlanta. This one, I think that where we're at right now as a people is just massively confusing. I don't think anybody knows where anybody's going. I don't think anybody cares anymore. I think humanity needs to be brought back to a specific level of where we understand where we're humans. Right. 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 And people have problems mentally and psychologically, but then at the same time, it's up to that individual to go get help to go identify these problems or somebody around them to sit here and say that we not only had eight people being shot and killed in Atlanta, we're now talking about 10 in a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado. And how many times are we ever going to hear Boulder, Colorado in these type of scenarios? Let's not forget they had Columbine. Right. 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 Like there's, it's something that I think needs to be addressed. And I think that it needs to be brought out. So as far as publicly, like, how do we get things done? Like, it's one thing to ask for help. But now I think as a people, as humans, us that are on a level playing field that we can see certain things, like, I think being a Forex trader allows me to see a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of an insight to where we are at overall, to where I can make my judgments and kind of have my expectations. But I think now we're talking about it needs to be shouted I think now it's it's as humans, as individuals, we have to demand for people to actually work together. We don't have that. We still have separation in everything. Right. Everything is separated. I have a, a community app that that allows eight of my little communities within my city here that allows them to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And all I witnessed today was division based on a topic of dogs barking. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous where everybody's mindset is as far as selfishness goes and whatever. We need to understand <laughs> that there's people in the world here. Okay? Right. We need to understand that there's going to be differences. If you don't accept it, move on. Don't go kill people. What, are you, what, what does that do? And then it also addresses a bigger problem that we have with people understanding that there is white privilege. I don't want to end the, co- the conversation or end the show on race at all. But it's a topic that needs to be addressed and actually accepted by everybody. Yeah. So I'll leave with that. Yeah. And just to echo my man, that was going to actually be part of my final take. I want to, you know, send my thoughts and prayers with the families um, there. Um, But I think it goes back to, you know, with like we said before, this is a sports show. But uh, these final takes give us the opportunity to, to be able to talk about these kind of issues. Um, and, and what I'm going to say is, is that um, I see why 
the uh, I see why there should be gun control laws now. Um, I see why my wife had another idea. If if they can track your cell phone, why don't we just start tracking guns? Um, I know they have serial numbers and things like that. So I think that with them having the technology now, whenever you buy a gun, and I think, and just so you know, and, and we can talk about this in another episode, uh, but at the same time, I feel like this is what part of that vaccine is. I feel like this thing's going to turn into a bigger issue. I feel like they're going to be able to keep track of people, um, especially out there that, you know, it's, it's not just a race thing at this point. It is a race thing. But I feel like it's something larger and bigger, you know, that's going on behind the scenes. I feel like now this everybody can say, yeah, this was a one off. You're right. It, it happened in Columbine. It was not a one off. You know, I think right now mental health is in jeopardy because of, you know, of everything sh- shutting down. So that's part of it. You know, maybe somebody needs to get talked to. But. The 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 race thing, right, it. I always try to see both sides of it because one, my wife is white Two, you know, some of my good friends are white. You're one of my good friends. You're white. Right. And at the same time, I'm so happy that both of you see the side that I'm coming from. You know, we were looking at the bachelor and he broke up with his girlfriend, uh, the one, the contestant, Rachel, who, who won because he said, you don't understand my blackness. And mm-hmm. And I can see that happening. She probably saying, oh, no, it's not a big deal. It's not, you know, man, I just took some pictures. But what I've learned, what I will say about my wife, what I've learned is at first, I will admit this. At first, I don't think she understood the magnitude. And then as things started happening, she started actually seeing things when we got pulled over, how I was treated. Uh, I think it hit her hard in 2010 or 2011. When uh, a cop pulled me out and made me stand in a cold field for no apparent reason at all. And I handled the situation the right way. But I just want I just want to say, like, you're right. And we'll talk about this on another episode. The the problem is race and how privilege that's privilege right there. And then the fact that they walked out in handcuffs, both shooters walked out in handcuffs. A black man would have been gone down in yeah. that door. A black man would have been gone down walking out of that masseuse parlor. And it, it is a problem. You know how they can hold so much restraint when it comes to somebody being white. I just want to send a message to black people. This is a game that we're not set up to win. Right. We can play the game, but we're not set up to win the game. So look, you guys, keep playing the game. Keep reaching as far as you can, but just know that's the crab in the barrel effect. When somebody sees white, sees you trying to get out of that barrel, they're going to pull your ass back down. And that's my final take. Can I, can I comment on that just for two things real quick? Yeah. I loved your point and how you said that, you know, with, within black America, it's not a game that black America is ready to win or scheduled to win. Right. They're not set to win, right. but no, know that people like myself or Amanda, like there's people that are on the side with you guys. Right. Right. Not, it's not just cut black and white. The unfortunate side is if it comes down to any form of a race war, Amanda and I would be in the position where we're the minority of the majority. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So we come into a place where we have two, we have dual threats, yeah. not only from, from the opposite, but also from the same skin color, right? right. So that's why it's, I think it's more important for us to understand that there are people that are in the middle of this that are saying, hey, I understand both sides. I'm not, I don't agree with this one and we need to have more equality on this side. Right. But here's my second point to this. And this is a little bit of my experience that I had today. When I was in Toyota, I'm sitting in the, and I'm calling this out, in Toyota, waiting in the waiting room for six to seven hours today, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for about three and a half of those hours, I wasn't wearing a mask. Wow. After about three and a half hours, I had a manager come up to me and he said, hey, can you put on a mask for me, please? And I said, well, I have one right here. He offered me one, of course. I said, I have one right here, but I don't want to cause a problem, but I'm curious. Why are you asking me to wear this three and a half hours into me being here? Mm. And not as soon as I got here. He said, because my staff is tired of actually being questioned as to why you're not wearing one. So one, people don't have the communication anymore to talk to each other or listen to each side. That's massively important to be able to do that. The communication level has to get better. The second thing is people are following the situation and it's not about the masks. It's about the psychology. Mm-hmm. The mandates are lifted. None of them are laws to begin with. So my question, as far as this division goes now, be, besides race, now we're talking about masks as well. Mm-hmm. But why did that manager feel that he had to come to me as the single person rather than being able to tell people, well, mandates are lifted now. He has the choice. Nobody stood up for me, right? And that's where I became in that situation. I was the minority of it. And it kind of had me thinking a little bit like, damn, if I had to go through this every single fucking second of the day and worry about my skin color, it's not pleasant. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, we've just created another topic to divide people upon. Yeah. And I, and I witnessed it and felt it today. Yeah. And, and, and um, you're right. That is a, is a situation that is, is just like it is, but like I always tell, you know, I've told people like I tell my wife this and she actually she broke down uh, when I talked about it. Like she won't ever know what it's like to be black. You know, there's certain guidelines that we have to go through. There are certain things that we we can. Let me ask you this, though, bro. Here in Nevada, here in California. OK. Um, There are people I mean, California and Nevada, right? There are people because it is mandating. Mandating means that federally you are, you can tell people they need to put on their masks when they walk into a situation, right? Let me ask you this. Do you feel like it was part of your privilege that you didn't have on the mask? Because I will point out something like this. I've seen situations where black people have walked into grocery stores without a mask and white people walk in without a mask. And they don't ask the white people to put the mask on. And the, ma- and the white people actually make more of a ruckus when it comes to wearing the mask, right? You're taking my rights away versus the black people. Fuck it. We don't want no trouble because they know we could possibly get in trouble for something else if we don't put on the mask, right? So in that situation, do you feel like it was part of your privilege? Because if I was in that situation... They would have said they would have come to me a lot sooner and said, you need to put your mask on. Right. They wouldn't have let me 
without a mask without three, four hours. Do you think part of you, yeah, you can say, yes, yeah, the mask situation, but do you think the reason why they didn't come up to you is because you are white and they let you do that for three hours? Uh, I'm not going to necessarily say no to that because I can't answer that. That'd be a question for them. Okay. Right. But I think that speaks into the, like I said, the form of communication in the sense of nobody felt that they could come up to me and talk to me, black, white, or Hispanic, or whoever was in there. Right. Mm -hmm. So maybe that they felt I was privileged or I was using my privilege, but see, I understand white privilege. Mm -hmm. I will never in my life, because I understand it, ever use it to my advantage. Right. If people would have came up and talked to me about it, I would have given them multiple reasons. It's funny because I'm sitting across from an old couple that are far in their 70s, probably close to their 80s, right? Right. And they're sipping cups of coffee for 15 minutes with no mask on. Yeah, because as long as you're eating or drinking something, you don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> so, do you, so my question to that would be, does, oh, does COVID not attack you if you're eating or drinking? Right. Right. Like what makes it so different if to me, if you've got to wear a mask in building, you've got to wear a mask in building mm -hmm. one or the other. It can't be half-assed, right? right? So if they're half-assing it with everybody and for him to tell me my staff is tired of answering or being talked about you not wearing your mask, like why is your staff haven't even step up for me? Why doesn't any, like I said, oh. nobody came, came, came to talk to me and find out why. And I'm, I was, I was, I was in management and, and what I'm saying, what I do know is like, he probably just said that, but, but I don't believe it was actually somebody that told, I think that somebody that was a staff member got uncomfortable and said, Hey, why doesn't that guy have a mask on? Well, it's, it's possible. It's possible. And I the manager will tell me whatever he feels based on my, the answer to my, uh, based on my question. Right. It was easier for him to say people are, but that was not the way to answer it. He could have literally said, my staff is being questioned about this and it would be a little bit better. My staff is tired of, of getting asked this question. Like, yo, don't, don't approach me like that, bro. So when I, when I put it on, it went under my chin. Mm -hmm. It was on, but it wasn't on. Right. Right. You come and talk to me like that. You come and I'll, I'll put it on. If you see, talk to me that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Black yeah. people wouldn't get away with that. Right. No, I get um, that. Like, that's why I'm saying like, like the way the woman was treated in the bank, for example, right? Yeah. If a black person would have done that, hell no, they might not have been, they might have been carried out on a stretcher, possibly. You know, right. that's that's the truth of it. That's what I'm saying. Like, like the fact that he asked you and you still didn't put it on, right? We wouldn't get away with that. You know, right. 110%. But that's also his interpretation to respond. He could have literally sat there and he could have treated me a lot differently and said, no, I'm not walking away until you put it over your whole face. Right. He but decided, he yeah. decided to allow my white privilege to take over. And, and, may I ask you, what, and what color was he? Oh, he was white. Yeah. So if you were black, it would have been a different conversation. In my yeah, I, it very well could have. I would yeah. agree with you 100%. Yeah. All right. So um, that is take after the take. I want to say, you know, great episode for my man. Yeah. My main man, Michael Friends, and we will get back to you for Amanda Keller Woods and Michael Friends. I'm Duante Keller Woods, and this is Take After the Take. Take care, y'all.